Welcome to It's All About Connection, NVC with Dr. B. In today's episode, we will be talking about spirituality and NVC and kind of how spirituality plays into NVC. So how does it? I don't know if I know the exact answer to that question. I just think there is some definite overlap. And I think it really doesn't matter what religious background or spiritual background that you come from. But I think it is very helpful for people that have some kind of a bent or inclination to spirituality. It helps in your NBC process. What exactly is spirituality to you? Hmm. Wow, you're going deep on me. Heather. You you wanted spirituality. I mean, this is pretty big. Loaded. Yeah. Spirituality. I guess it's having a connection to that which is not within the material world on some level and being sourced by that thing. And I think that having a connection to something that is beyond the material, physical world and being sourced by that thing, whatever it is, seems to be, I think, a very critical part of my NVC process. And it seems to be that way for others, though I don't know if I could say it's that way for everybody, but seems like there is some overlap there. It's not easy for me to put my finger on it, but I think it's worth trying to unpack it a little bit within the discussion. And what do you mean sourced by? What I mean by sourced by is getting your fuel from, like getting your will and your desire and your resilience to be able to move in this world in a way that is not of this world. Because if you get bogged down in everything that you see and you experience on the regular, it can be very depleting and very defeating. And so to be sourced by something beyond, for me, it's kind of the thing that I come back to that helps me have perspective beyond what is in the here and now. And I find that to be very fortifying. Does that make sense? I'm wondering what you're hearing in that. Something about it is fortifying. It's like filling your cup almost, like recharging. Yeah, for instance... Working at Community Connections and working with kids that were in our um, juvenile system, juvenile justice system, and seeing so deeply and so intimately the impact of poverty on people's lives on the regular was super tough. And if I was only to experience things on a surface level and not reach in for something it's hard to put into words I think that's the problem with spirituality is many people have a hard time putting it into words because there are no words that can completely capture what that is but here's how I think it relates to nonviolent communication and I hope I can make sense of this for myself and for others so when you are in a conflict with someone, you're in this dicey situation and you'd like to be able to figure out how to have a conversation with the person and you use all the steps that I tend to teach. So you attempt to give empathy, but you can't, you're too triggered by the situation or by the way this person is responding in the conversation. 
And so you step over to the wait side of the process. So you're not in the dialogue and you decide that you're going to do some of your own internal work to hopefully come to a place of more openness so that you can step back in and try to have connection with this person. So that's kind of how it works. But say you step over into the wait area and you start to do self-empathy process. So the self-empathy process, the way that I teach it is to just really note where you are either in your mind or out loud with what's going through your head. So you're saying out loud, you know, in this situation, I feel this way and he's such a jerk. And if you say he's such a jerk, you step on over to the jackal square. If you're saying a feeling, you step over to the feeling. If you say what you're needing in that circumstance, you step over in, onto the need square. But there are certain times in certain situations where you might not get that need met by that person or that circumstance. It might not happen. You might have to get your need met, that particular need by being creative or coming up with a different strategy. But Wait, it, so can I pause yeah, please. you and reflect? So you're saying, as an example, if you're in a dicey situation with someone and you go into self-empathy, the way you teach self-empathy is about saying your feelings and your thoughts out loud. And sometimes in those situations, you might not be able to get your need met by someone else. Is that kind of it so far? Well, yeah, but there's one very key component of doing self-empathy, whether it's out loud or in your head or journaling, writing it out. The whole point of it is to stay honest with where you are. Being able to name, this is my thinking, this is my judgment. So knowing what's going on at every step of the way. Correct. That's the biggest part of it because most of us don't do that. We just have it as mush in our heads, I think. It's very all just, soupy. It's very jumbled together and it's painful and we can't figure out what's what. So the self-empathy process is kind of piecing it apart and figuring out, okay, what am I feeling? What am I needing? What am I thinking? What's my judgment here? You start to really get clear on all of that for yourself. And then there might be a moment where you realize, oh, my need in this situation is about safety, or my need in this situation is about kindness, or knowing that I matter, or whatever it might be. And you might think of, with this person, they're never gonna do strategies that I'm coming up with in service to that particular need. Maybe a person's in a situation, a relationship gets volatile and they fight and gets to like physical blows. And this has happened for 10 years. And maybe the person comes to the awareness of like, I am not gonna have safety. I need safety, that's hugely my need here, but I'm not gonna have it in this situation ever with this person. I really don't think it will. The pattern is thus that not gonna happen. And so then what do you do? You're stuck, okay? The question is, what do you do in that moment when you realize, I'm not gonna have this need met by this person in this situation? So in our nonviolent communication dance floor, there's a space for mourning. That's where, when you have the realization that I might not ever have my need met in this circumstance. So you stand over on the mourning square and I find that when I'm in that morning place, whether it's standing on the square or just in my mind, I know, oh, I'm in the morning space. It's for me a place of getting very quiet and fully feeling the pain of not having that need met. And it's not a thinking thing. It's a feeling into being with 
And for me, there's something on that square that's spiritual. I think it's about presence and self-connection, which are two factors that I think have overlap in spirituality. Like Mm -hmm. so much of spirituality is about connection with yourself and whatever source you believe in and also presence. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's why people consider meditation a form of spiritual experience. Right. It's like you are allowing yourself to fully be with what's there not having to change it, having acceptance of what's there. And I mean, how do you put it into words? There is something that happens in a space like that that can be healing, that can help shift. It can be very painful, but I think allowing yourself to get that level of presence with your pain, with what is actually alive is... There's something deeply connected to spirit in that moment. And that's where I think some of the overlap is in a deep sense. There was also a time when I was teaching at a university here, actually in southern Georgia. And most of the folks that I was teaching NBC to had a pretty solid Christian background. And they loved the nonviolent communication process because they thought what you're teaching is Jesus's teachings come to life. Like how do we actually take what's in the Bible and make it actionable? How do we basically love thy enemy, right? That's what we're teaching is like, how do you move through that? How do you move through your own stuff to be able to be in connection with somebody that you don't see eye to eye with at all? So it seems to me that if you're exploring in this realm, like If you don't have a spiritual bent in any way, when you get to that morning square on the dance floor, if you do, which most of us will, and probably many, many times in our lives, the question is like, what happens there? If you're not able to like connect in to presence and a being with, and you can call it whatever you want, but some kind of source that's sitting there being present with you in that moment, whether it's yourself embodying spirit, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But there's something there. I know there's something there because I've experienced it. And I couldn't imagine if I didn't have connection in that way, like what the hell I would be doing on that particular square in that moment. I think there's a connection right in there to spirituality. Again, I think it's it's having to do with presence because you're not in your mind, you're in your body, and then you're able to let things flow. For me, I'm in my body, but I'm like beyond my body too. There's something else there besides just being in my body. It's the witnessing thing. It's like you're having a witness consciousness that's witnessing and being with. You're giving yourself empathy, but who are you? You are, if you're giving yourself empathy fully, deeply, and being with who or what is that thing that's being, it's like call it God, call it spirit, call it divinity, call it, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but there's something there that's sitting with me in that moment that's being present with me or as me. I can't quite explain it, but there's something going on there. That's all I got to say. So yeah, I don't know if this is useful at all. It's just some of my thoughts about it. And I'm grateful to have that because if I didn't have that, when I stepped onto that morning square, I'm not quite sure. There would only be like the despair and there wouldn't be the possibility 
to move beyond the despair. I think we often forget about the morning square. Yeah, unfortunately, that's where there's a lot of good shit there on the morning square. Yeah, we want to go right to strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have any comments or questions about this episode, which you might because it's a big subject to tackle, please call 850-706-0488. Or if you have any answers for us, if you are source, please call. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to It's All About Connection, NBC with Dr. B. For more episodes and guest bios, please visit us at www.thebigbmethod.com. That's www.thebigbiemethod.com. And remember, empathy first.